It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. So welcome to episode four of our second series of the CORE podcast. This one's focusing on the CORE 2020 uh, standard. And specifically, this episode is actually going to focus on the CORE 2020 program guidelines. They're available for download from our CORE 2020 subpage uh, at the website, ihsa.ca. So it's important that we note in this case that the addition of the core program guidelines that we'll be dealing with uh, that I downloaded for this, I downloaded it in March of 2022, and it's dated from February of 2020. With that being said, I'd like to introduce you to the two very important guests that I have here with me today. I've got Peter Smith back again, and I've got the lovely Deborah Moskal here as well. Uh, would you guys mind introducing yourselves and your role? Sure. Uh, Peter Smith, currently a lead auditor at uh, IHSA in the core department. Uh, started years ago with IHSA as a consultant health and safety trainer, but moved to the core department a few years ago. And uh, as I said, uh, just moved, uh, moved over to the lead auditor role a couple of years after that. And Deborah Moskal, I'm one of the core consultants with the IHSA. And previous to this, was also involved in the training component as a consultant. Awesome. And my name is Marin Gamble, and I'm a core consultant uh, like Deborah. And uh, just as a note, most of the time, in terms of a touch point with your certification process, you're going to encounter us uh, doing the detailed review of your internal audit submissions and providing you those results. Uh, we also are involved with the core consulting end of things, but in terms of your certification, um, your direct contact will be largely with that internal review. Um, as such, we deal a lot with the guidelines and the expectations therein. So, Deb, would you mind outlining some of the, the stuff that's in the guidelines? Sure. So the program guidelines that Marin's been referring to do contain some important information in relation to the eligibility for core certification, processes and key timelines, different roles and responsibilities, including, but not limited to, IHSA, senior management, internal and external auditors, quality assurance features for both the internal and external audits, confidentiality commitments, our appeal process, and code of ethics. Awesome. So that is a lot of pretty critical information, I think, in terms of establishing, you know, how you're going to approach your core certification. Um, I'm just thinking, Pete, in terms of eligibility for core certification um, and things like processes and key timelines, can you think of any off the top of your head in there, um, just general topics that are Sure. Uh, eligibility, we're looking for firms that have our, a WSIB account, and we do our certifications right. by WSIB account in Ontario. Um, but we also have uh, other ways for organizations to kind of break into the market in Ontario, because we're always at a chicken and egg thing, right? You can't bid on work until you have core, but you can't get core until you got work in Ontario. So we, we do offer reciprocity. And now this is for firms that are certified to core in other provinces across, uh, across Canada. It is only intended for out-of-province firms, but uh, this is something where we recognize that they, they are certified elsewhere. It allows them to bid on work in Ontario, and then they can start on their core journey in Ontario. Uh, we also offer core 2020 equivalency. Now, this is for firms that have achieved ISO 45001, and that could be in Ontario, could be worldwide, could be, it, it is the international standard. So we do recognize that, and we do provide uh, core 2020 equivalency to that in certain cases. Okay, thank you for that. That's, that's I think, what we uh, really wanted to know on that one in terms of the multiple entry points for CORE. Um, Deb, do you have any thoughts on, on sort of why the guidelines are important? 
I do. And I think our experienced auditors who have been through the core process um, a few times will obviously be very familiar with the process. Um, however, we do still encourage them to review the, the guidelines prior to any of their submissions, just to make sure that they are accessing the most current information. Um, we don't want you to run the risk of missing updates that are made if you don't review the document each time um, prior to submitting. And so I'd, I'd like to just give another reminder that all of our basic core resources and information are available on the IHSA website under the core section, um, just to help you ensure that you do have the most current um, information. That's an awesome point. And, and just as a sort of reminder to those listening, there are also other episodes that we're doing here with this podcast series on some of the other resources. So you'll hear us probably mention the same concept uh, again. We already mentioned in the website episode that we had that the guidelines themselves are a prime example for this need that we're talking about because of the changes that you can see in them. Can you guys give me a couple examples of updates that we've had in the past? Sure. So we've had the update for maintenance audits that they need to be received by IHSA 60 days or more before the organization's anniversary date. So the organization's anniversary date that we're referring to is the date that's printed on your core certificate. And I would encourage anybody, if there's any questions in relation to this date, to reach out to core at ihsa.ca and we can provide assistance in that regard. Um, another item that I think is worth mentioning is the role of senior management and their responsibility to ensure that the process in the guidelines and submission timelines are met. Yeah, that's a good point, Deb. The, um, when we made our last revisions to the guideline, one of the keys, uh, key things there was uh, uh, updating those roles and responsibility. There was a lot of things that were the responsibility of the internal auditor, and it's been uploaded really to senior management to to maintain that uh, process now. But with Core 2020, we're looking for two senior management representatives, and there's the senior management representative that oversees the health and safety management system and the senior manager for Core. Um, so that senior manager that oversees the health and safety management system, this is the person that's looking at the uh, overseeing the content of their management system to make sure it meets all the core requirements, right? That Pete, sorry, just to interrupt there. I had a question yesterday that was interesting on mm -hmm. this role. Um, is this the person who creates the program, writes the program? Well, it would be nice if it was, but I'm not <laughs> expecting that to happen, right? When we're talking senior management, they've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot on their plate, but they're going to be someone in the organization is going to develop it in their vision. This I is a, how they want to see health and safety carried out in the organization. So they're the one who causes it to be written, but not necessarily the one putting pen to paper. But well put, yeah, for sure. They they do the approvals afterwards. They're going to sign yeah, off to it should. and yep. say so that it's uh, clear that it is um, uh, how they expect things to happen. But the, the actual writing of it, no, I, I would expect that to be uh, someone else in the organization. Okay, thanks. We've also got the requirement for a senior manager that oversees core. And this individual is the one that oversees the core process. So they, they should be very in tune with the guidelines and uh, have a good understanding of the core 2020 program guidelines because they, they've got to understand the uh, uh, deadlines, when they have to submit internal audits, when they have to kick off the, um, the process to find their external auditors for... Um, uh, recertification audits. They, they've got a lot to manage there, right? So they've, they've got to make sure that they're well aware of it. They stay on top of things. Um, that That is the senior management representative that has to take the training program, Core Essentials. And 
and they, they, this, the senior manager core becomes our contact person. That's our main point of contact then, right? We want to make sure that there's, uh, when IHSA is reaching out to the organization, we're, we're always addressing that senior management person. And that's going to be the senior manager for core. Doesn't the IHSA call the auditor? Um, the, the auditor is always going to be included in, uh, in communications from IHSA to do with the audit. But really, we, will, we always want to make sure that senior management is apprised of the audit status and uh, kind of as their uh, audit submission moves through the process. So that it's key to make sure that uh, uh, we're holding up our end to make sure that senior management uh, representative is kept apprised of, uh, of their status. Awesome. I like that. So the, now every organization, they might not have the resources to be able to have separate people for senior manager to oversee the management system, senior manager for core. Sure. Maybe they're nine people in their organization that, yeah. you know. For sure, There's probably not two separate people doing those. Things. <laughs> Everyone's wearing two hats in that place, That's but right. it's it's uh, you know it's so maybe we, there are, but for sure. Um, but in a case like this, though, we we do recognize that some organizations are going to have one person that are kind of uh, maintaining both roles, and that's fine. Just reach out to us at coreandijustay.ca, uh, ask the question, and uh, we'll be able to move uh, answer those questions and help you uh, maintain that or help you put that in place. Okay. If something special is needed in terms of that kind of decision and they contact the IHSA, uh, how do they communicate that as they're moving forward through the audit process? Any conversations they've had with us? So typically we're going to have emails, uh, an email train that's going to show that they've gotten approvals from us for certain things. And that's going to be the approval for uh, having one person uh, carry both senior management roles. It could be the approval for audit scopes. Right. So we, we've got uh, requirements in our guideline that any organization that has 30 plus workplaces, larger organizations, they should be reaching out to us to um, uh, to determine, help them determine what their audit scope is going to be. And that could be for both internal and external audits, um, and, as well as interview ratios. Right, we, We've got some specific interview ratios and granted, they cover most companies, so 80, 90 percent of firms will fall into that. They're they're the other firms that uh, still want to achieve core, and uh, it's we're going to move ahead with that. We're going to find out the best way for them to move forward with those interviews. I guess it's why we call them guidelines and not like directives or something, right? <laughs> they they tell you how most people are going to be able to move forward, but it also tells you when you might have to reach out to the IHSA because it's not fitting your organization. Yeah, well put. Right? We're going to work with that organization to find a fair way to move through that, right? And that, and that they're using the appropriate interview questions for the uh, the people in the organization. Is it a hassle to have to reach out to the IHSA? Well, you know what? We're not like nine one one. You know, you send the email, you're not going to hear back with us in the first next couple of minutes. But you know, we'll get back to you. And um, you know, once you establish that contact, though, because you'll be contacted by most likely a lead auditor in one of those cases. But once you've established that contact, you'll have a direct person that you can reach out to in the future with any other uh, questions you might have. And uh, you know, it's really where we want to go. We want to make sure we're a resource to the uh, to the industry. And uh, the, the more often you reach out, uh, I, I think the better off we'll all be because it, it'll be a smoother audit process. Then. Yeah, I think I, I and I'll let Deb validate this, but I think I probably speak for us as core consultants that whenever a firm has gone through that process of of reaching out ahead of time and making sure they they've clarified all of those pieces of the guideline and how they apply to their firm, it makes for a much smoother internal audit review, pre-assessment process, because we know exactly what we're dealing with and have any pre-approvals that might be necessary. That's right. And I would just encourage any auditors out there who are completing submissions for review to just make sure that communication is included 
when their audit um, is sent to IHSA. And you're right, Marn, it does make for a much quicker, smoother review of the information. Yeah. So just copy paste all of the emails from Peter, uh, <laughs> anything he tells you and, and the other lead auditors, um, and, and you can send it to us if it gives us insight on the audit. I mean, if, if you're asking how his vacation was, maybe not that one, but the, <laughs> anything pertaining to your audit. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll keep it clean on the vacation one, but uh, yeah, you know, anything pertinent to the audit for sure. Keep those records and make sure you're sharing it, right? That's it, right. It makes everything that much smoother. Beautiful. The other thing I want to touch here because the guidelines do talk about uh, training requirements. Uh, you know, for anyone who's been in the program for a little while uh, since the previous core standard, you'll notice that the mandatory training requirement has re- remained the same. The titles of the courses, the the minimum requirement, the four courses, that's remained the same. But I would like to point out to, to any of those individuals that the courses themselves have been updated to reflect the, the core 2020 information. So those with training that's several years old and really goes back before the core 2020 standard was introduced may benefit from optionally retaking those courses just as a refresher and to access more current information. It's nice as a professional development piece. No, we don't require it as a mandatory part of your submission, but it is an option that may actually help you in terms of your, your auditing process. Agreed. There, there's been some significant changes to Core 2020, and whether that's the guideline or the audit tool itself, um, it's well worth it to take the uh, the uh, training programs again, or it, not even all four, right? If there's one that you want to take to learn about the uh, audit tool itself, let's say you, you'd want to focus on Core Internal Auditor at that point. So as Marn mentioned, not mandatory. It is an optional thing, but uh, you know, we, we look at the industry and the internal auditors are doing an audit once a year. And it's easy for that information or knowledge to go go stale without using it on a more regular basis or more frequent basis. So it's a, it's always good to get that refresher. And I would agree with what Pete just said. It's um it's good to refresh. The audit tool does look much different. Um, where information is entered into the audit tool also appears different and and can um, be a bit confusing if you're not used to to the approach that's been taken in the design and how to fill it out. Um, also, some of our upfront documentation is now included within the audit tools. So to get a feel for the expectation on the audit um, information documentation would be a good um, idea to update if you can. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Deb. And, and you know, as we always say, if, if anything leaves you with questions in, in this podcast or otherwise, just reach out to us, email at core at ihsa.ca, and uh, we'll, we'll be happy to make sure you get to the right person to answer your question. Uh, Our talk today included the core program guidelines and um, the fact that they're going to provide you basically the necessary information about the core process itself. And I really want to thank both Deb and Pete for coming in today and providing their expertise on on this topic. But I am also going to just ask them one more question, put them on the spot just a little bit. Uh, Do you guys have like one or two words or a quick sentence that's, that's key for this topic? I, I would say three words, check the website. Um, <laughs> good, <I like> that. <laughs> it, it's always a good approach and a good habit to get into just to take a quick look on the IHSA website, just to make sure once again, that you have the most current version of the guidelines of the audit tool and the information that you need to successfully complete your audit. Awesome. In addition to that, I would just say, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to us, mm-hmm. reach out at core at IHSA.ca. If you've got any questions, right. We've got a, 
you've got an approach, you've got guidelines that cover most scenarios. They don't cover every scenario. Right. And uh, don't be shy. No, you know, we, we'd prefer to reach out or that you reach out and we can answer those questions directly. This is a starting point item. So we want to make sure you're starting out from the right, from the right footing, essentially. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. Uh, so thanks again, guys. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay, great. Thanks, Marn. Thanks, Marn. IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.